and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. Well, we're in a series on the life of David all summer long, and I asked uh, my dad if he would come and, and and uh, preach the word, and so I'd encourage you to uh, to get your Bibles out, and he's going to bring the word. And after that, we'll have a time of prayer. And uh, I'm so excited for for the rest of this day. And here we go. Thank you, son. Appreciate you. This is the son <laughs> of Robert. I know we look alike. If you see mannerisms of me, then I'm sorry. If you see mannerisms of his mother, Rebecca. Oh, what a blessing. So anyway, let me just say a good morning again. I'm glad to be here. Uh, for those of you who may not know this, Rebecca and I are pastors at our church, Begg's First Assembly of God. We've been there over 20 years, and we're also part of Summit, not only because of Jonathan and Angela, but also friends. So thank you for letting us be here this morning. Second Samuel chapter number 7, something I've learned about special days Everyone has plans. Anybody have a plan for lunch? The grill master thing kind of threw me off, Dakota. I'm not for sure about that. But uh, anyway, I could tell stories and maybe not need to. Son of God is introduced to us in a variety of places of scriptures. We're speaking about Jesus. We understand that he is the Son of God that tells us of his deity. Um, And yet we are also called sons and daughters of God. And so that tells us we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. In the place that I referred to in Matthew chapter 1, it says the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of God. That's interesting. Also the son of Abraham. In the pronouncement by the angels to Mary, it's spoken that his name is going to be the greatest. And it says this in particular, Luke chapter 1 and 32, he will be great and be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So in thinking about the Son of God, we realize that there's a connection not only to Jesus being the Son of God, but also the Son of Man. Son of God is his deity. Son of Man is his mission, his humanity. And so we begin to understand something about these titles, Son of God, Daughter of God. And we begin to build an understanding of something that is very powerful. And before I get to the place of Scripture in 2 Samuel, talking about the life of David, I'm reminded that in the time of Jesus when he walked this earth, people began to call out on him for healing. They said, Son of David, have mercy on me. It's interesting to me because he could be called Son of Joseph, Son of Mary, and the genealogy that is all listed there, and it's quite in-depth. Aren't you glad I'm not going to be a teacher of genealogy today? I am, (laughs) because I can get the names even, even misread. There are two blind men sitting by the wayside, and they hear that Jesus is coming by, and so they holler out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Again, it seems to be the right, polite thing to do, but there's also powerful words, even prophetic words, that are being spoken of this relationship to Jesus, who is of the tribe of Judah, who was born in the city of David, Bethlehem, and traces back all this promise to this prophecy about David. There's another couple of places that are mentioned here. There's a Gentile woman seeking deliverance for her demon-possessed daughter. 
And she calls out and says, Son of David, have mercy on my daughter. Jesus ignores her. She just keeps on asking, Son of David, have mercy. This is a Gentile woman. She really has no right to ask for healing, deliverance for her daughter. In fact, Jesus turned to her and said, It's not meat, it's not right, that I give the portion of the children to the dogs. That sounds very rude, doesn't it? But then she answered, Truth, Lord, but even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Maybe you're familiar with that place of Scripture. And because of her statement, the mercy of the son of David, going all the way back to the promise, is there. In fact, one more place, and I'm going to go on. There's a few more, but six times in total. Jesus asked the Pharisees concerning the Christ, Whose son is he? Well, they had to answer son of David. And Jesus said, well, if, if he's the son of David, if he comes down the, the whole list of genealogy later, how is it that David calls Messiah Lord? And so Jesus is revealing to them that he is indeed the son of David. We go to 2 Samuel chapter number 7, verse number 12. I love the life of the story of David. Thank you, Pastor, and anybody else. I think Dakota preached two weeks ago on the son of David, excuse me, the life of David. And again, it's very in-depth. I'm coming to a place of Scripture where God is making a covenant with David. I'm going to pick up reading at verse number 12. When your days are fulfilled and you will rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come for your body, and I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13 in particular. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. Since you have your Bible open there, you're paying attention to me reading it. Uh, three things that stand out in verse 13. A house a throne, and a kingdom. He goes on and says, I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him. He goes on and talks some more about that. So when we're talking about this place of Scripture this morning, we're reminded that God said, I have found David. I have found David, the son of Jesse. Again, these phrases keep on coming again. He's a man after my own heart, and he will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised Israel, a Savior, Jesus. So it is spoken in this place of Scripture that we read, in the place that I referred to you, that David was found of God. I believe we also are found of God. It's also given to us in the Scripture that David was very well favored of God. Not that he, that God really wanted to show favoritism, but because of the heart of David, there's favor. And then thirdly, there's faithfulness of heart. Well, let me talk just a little bit about the house of David. First of all, the house of David is one that's listed in genealogy, chapter Matthew 1. I said I wasn't going to preach this. I'm going to hold true to my word. But it's interesting. You begin to see all these names. I remember as a young kid, I had one of my older brothers say to me, there sure was a whole lot of begetting back then. If that needs explaining, that's King James Version. There's a whole lot of people having children. And if you follow it very much, you'll either become bored or very intrigued. Because if you follow the genealogy of Matthew's record, it goes back to David and through Solomon. But if you look, Luke, if you will look in Luke chapter number three, you'll find the genealogy of David, but it goes back through another son of David called Nathan. 
Real quick application, many of you know this. Matthew records the legal line, and then Luke records the DNA genealogical record. Why does God do those things? It is because there was a problem in the family. Can anybody associate with a problem in the family? It was over 25 years ago, maybe almost 30 years ago, I preached the Father's Day message. In fact, I just used my dad as an example because I, my dad was my hero. I hope that's true for you or your dad. I noticed a lady not really giving me the right kind of expressions in church. I'm glad you're very polite with your facial responses this morning. I knew I was in for trouble, and so she hit me after service. She said, I don't believe you, preacher. I said, well, what did I say wrong? She said, I don't believe any man is that good. And I remember at that moment I realized this lady did not have an earthly father that cared for her. I want to say it to you. I'm not trying to read anything into your life. But the Lord himself said, I will be a father to the fatherless. I will be a mother to the motherless. And he sets the solitary in families. And maybe I just want to say it right now before I go too much further. Our heavenly father loves us so much more than our earthly father. Well, let's look at this house that is spoken about here because this house is very important. Again, if you study the scripture very much, you'll begin to see that when it comes to the house, the house of David, it's very interesting as you begin to look and understand all that is going on. I got to go back to this place that I jotted down even last night as I was thinking about this. I'm going to use Luke Thomas Yandel and Eva Jane Yandel (laughs) and Roman Marcus Yandel for just a little bit of explanation. These are the children of Jonathan Mark Yandel and, uh uh-oh, Angela Nicole. I should have known that. Angela Nicole Woodley. And in fact, as we look through the family chart, take take names if you want, Angela Woodley is a daughter of Sharon and Mark Woodley. I know those folks. That got to mention, got to mention this morning. And in fact, Jonathan is the son of Rebecca Connell and Robert Yandel. I'm not getting everybody's name in here as far as their unmarried name, but anyway, the Brandt family, Tom and Linda, and the Woodley family, Wayman and Joyce, and, and as far as the Yandel and Connell family, Jim and Donna Connell, and Charlie and Rosie Yandel. Have you ever traced your roots back? Yeah, you begin to figure out kind of where you're from. We have a friend who was who was really adopted. She has no history of that family. All I'm trying to bring us up to is the house of David goes something like this. His firstborn was Ammon. Firstborn, okay, Ammon. He had 20 kids and many more by concubines. I'm glad the kids are here. It spares me details. (laughs) Daniel. And you know Absalom, another son of David, don't you? Adonijah is how I'd pronounce the one, and Shephtah, and Ithraim, and it goes on down. In fact, it is those who were born in Hebron, and then those who were born in Jerusalem. And before long, we come to some other names. I mentioned two of them earlier, Nathan and Solomon. Oh, there's one more that's really not listed, and that's the child that David and Bathsheba had. And that child did not live. I'm not pulling at heartstrings, but this is very tender to me. We have up in heaven another child. Many of you do also. You see, when Solomon was born following the death of that son, they named Solomon Jedediah. It's the only place you'll find that. One place in Scripture that you find the name Jedediah. I happen to believe that David and Bathsheba named that child that died Jedediah. 
and then that second Jedediah, Solomon. And we know the story of Solomon. He's the son of David. The Ammon, he, he was killed because of some bad, bad family situation. I'm not going to go there. And then Absalom, he wanted to be the king. And before long, David finds himself running away from his own father, or his own son. The father running away because Absalom had decided, I'm going to rule the kingdom. You see, the house of David, maybe like the house that we live in, is not perfect. Adonijah, after David dies, he decides he wants to become king. It's a messed up family. It sounds like some kind of story you hear on television. Well, anyway, let me go through three thoughts. We build our house through faithfulness. It's true. Dads and mothers, we build our house. Not only the house that we live in, but the house that has our name, the house of the Lord. David could not really build the tabernacle, although you hear it repeated over and over. I will raise up the house of David. I will raise up the tabernacle of David. Why? Because God made a promise to David. So we build it by faithfulness. We build it on a firm foundation, and we build it on forever love. So say the word house. Throne. Say it, throne. If the only throne you have is made of porcelain, you're in trouble. Sorry, the best I can do at humor is short notice. If anybody needs an explanation, see Pastor Yan. A throne. I, I, uh, I never really have had a throne, although I have a lazy boy chair. I love the sound of a lazy boy chair. You know it clicks. I can't do that. My mouth is dry. In fact, I learned something when our two grandsons, other grandsons, were living with us. If they ever got cross with one another and I was about to correct them, they would begin to apologize when they heard that lever going down. Because <laughs> they knew I was coming up, <laughs> coming up out of the chair off my throne, and I was beginning to put judgment down upon them. The throne of David is spoken of in some other places. In fact, Isaiah chapter 9, you see it on Christmas cards. You begin to understand about his name shall be called Wonderful, a Counselor of the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, and of his kingdom. And then it talks about the throne of David. I just want to speak very quickly on this, that David ascended to the throne, and there was a lot of problems. Let me give this to all of our men. And ladies, you are welcome to have this information too. Don't ever try to ascend to authority without first of all defending your family. Without first of all being in the battle. You see, there are a lot of people, they want to be in charge, they want to be in control, but they've never interceded, they've never prayed, they've never really done that which gives them that right of authority. I'm not talking about dominance. I'm not talking about saying, well, well, I'm in control. You must do what I say. Rather, the throne is a place of mercy and truth and dwelling with the Lord. And I'm glad that we can hear even again the echoes of what I said earlier. Son of David, have mercy. These people in the time of Christ, they knew that the only mercy they could really call on was a promise and a prophecy that there will come one to rule and reign in truth. We stand in help. I'm going to finish up here this last thought. The son of David had a kingdom. Well, I mentioned Absalom already and Adonijah and Solomon, and we really don't know much about Nathan other than he had a great, 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 great granddaughter. Included in that genealogical record, you know what there are four ladies in Matthew. There's Tamar, there's Ruth, there's Rahab, and uh, I'm forgetting the other one, Bathsheba, that's mentioned also. A kingdom, first of all, is something that is the king's dominion. Again, we understand the scripture, and on a Father's Day, I would be remiss if I did not say we have a responsibility, men, to lead our families. Thank you, ladies, for helping in that 
responsibility and that understanding. So the house is mentioned, the throne is mentioned, but the kingdom. Let me, let me give you this one more scripture, Luke 22 and 29. Here's what Jesus said to his followers. And I bestow upon you a kingdom. Just as my Father bestowed on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So sons and daughters are our greatest investments. Being a son of, insert your dad's name or your mother's name, is a great honor. But being a child of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, that's what makes all the difference. We delight in our heavenly father. We delight in our earthly fathers. We as parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever it may be, we deliver or we provide that help in a day when a lot of people in society do not count children as the greatest investment. May we in the church make the difference and demonstrate even to those who are fatherless or motherless. I'm going to ask Pastor Jonathan to come back, and I want to assure you that I was not trying to impress, but rather to just speak. I am proud of my children. I'm proud of Angela and Jonathan and Christina. I'm proud of Drake and Jake and Roman and Eva and now Luke. Let me tell you, God is proud of you too. He loves you. God bless you. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.